0: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, good morning everybody. Welcome to the Vineyard. Everybody here bruised? Anybody here have a sore tailbone? How many people went sledding this week? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was telling the tech crew and the band this morning. Uh, the snow was pretty magical this week, wasn't it? And you know the most magical part? For like 18 hours, local local like social media was amazing. Like everybody was just posting, you know, like was just posting pictures of their kids in the snow and and sledding. I was like, wow, this is refreshing. You know, you only normally get this kind of social media interaction really at Christmas. And then on Mother's Day and Father's Day, that's when like social media gets really good, but we got an extra one this year. So that's good. And if you're sore this morning, if you have a bruised tailbone, uh, we'll have a prayer team for you (laughs) available after the meeting. It won't be, it'll be Andrew. (laughs) Andrew's going to pray for you. Hey, here's what I want to do this morning. We're going to continue our series on the story of the Bible. We've been Spending a few weeks, and we're going to spend a few more weeks just looking at, like, what is the story of the Bible? And really what we're looking for is the story of God. Like, what is, what is the story of the kingdom of heaven? And we want to do that because human beings are story-formed creatures. That's how we order life. That's how we make meaning is by entering into stories, by telling stories, and by receiving stories. And one of the things that we've just been saying over and over again every week is this is really important because It's very possible to have your life get hijacked by another story. Like whether you know it or not, right now, everyone in the room is living in inside of some kind of story, probably many stories. And a lot of those stories aren't worth living into. Uh, And so what would be good, especially for Christians, it would be really good if Christians lived into the kingdom story because it's the only one that's going to last. Every other story is going to be replaced. Every other story is inferior. And so in order to lay hold of the kingdom story, we actually have to lay hold of the Bible and go, what is the story of the Bible, right? And we've been doing that for several weeks. And uh, this week, I want to talk to you about proverbs, poems, psalms, and all kinds of wisdom, because that's a part of the Bible's story. Uh, there's There's this section of the Bible kind of kind of in the middle and it's called wisdom literature if you go to college and study the bible or if you begin to study the bible a bit more on purpose you'll run into this this notion of like the wisdom books and you might be thinking well what are the wisdom books it'd be like job and psalms and proverbs and ecclesiastes and we're not going to look at every single one of them this morning but my goodness we're going to look at a bunch okay so i just want to tell you buckle up. We're going to skip like a stone and we're going to look at maybe a little more scripture than we, know, than we normally do because we actually have to hold several things together this morning that we don't normally hold together. And we're going to hold some ideas together this morning that are actually very opposite in nature. And I think that's, that's important. But before we do that, um, I just want to talk to you for a second about this kind of story that's in the Bible. Uh, everything we've looked at up to this point has essentially been narrative-based stories uh, about somebody's life, right? Like we've looked at a little piece from the Garden of Eden and creation, and then we looked at Abraham, and then last week we picked up with Moses. And the Old Testament is filled with like lots of narrative stuff, and there's even lots of narrative in the New Testament. Like the the story of Jesus is told four times over, and it's very much a narrative form. Uh, That's one story in the Bible, but not all the stories in the Bible, and not all of the story of the kingdom is, is located in what we might call a narrative arc. There are other ways of telling stories, and some of those ways of telling the story of the kingdom uh, come to us in, in forms like Proverbs, poems, psalms, and various kinds of wisdom. And you might be thinking, well, that's a little bit weird, but I just want you to notice that even our world is filled with poetry and songs, isn't it? So this isn't, this isn't unique to the Bible. It's just another way of communicating stories. In fact, our world is filled with poetry and songs. Uh, how many of you remember just a few weeks ago when Amanda Gorman rocked the country with her inauguration poem? Can I just read some of it to you? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm just gonna read a few lines to you. This is how she opened. She said this, When day comes, we ask ourselves, Where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. That's decent, isn't it? And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just us. And yet the dawn is ours. Before we know it, somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is even more perfect. We are striving to forge a union with purpose to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. Like, our, our, our country is filled with poetry and songs. Like, this is one of the ways we talk to each other. I'd say that's pretty good. You guys should go on and read the whole thing at some point. The girl can lay it out. But that's not the only way we tell stories. Songs are another way we tell stories. Songs are three-minute stories given to us with a little bit of melody. I want to talk to you about Taylor Swift. <laughs> forgot to last week, literally was in my notes. I'm firmly committed to telling you all about Taylor Swift every single Sunday. Here's one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs from her record, one of her recent records from this year. How many of y'all know the Tay-Tay song, Exile? Have y'all listened? That's, that's a good one. You know why it's good? Because Bon Iver is on that one, right? Like they kill it together. And like, wow, when Justin Vernon's voice comes in, you're like, whoa, what's going on right now, Right. Uh, She says, uh, she writes this. She says, I can see you standing, honey, with his arms around your body, laughing, but the joke's not funny at all. And it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it, holding all this love out here in the hall. She's not bad. She's really good. She's actually, I think, becoming the female Bruce Springsteen. I think she is. Uh, And then, and then, Justin, he's singing with her. I think I've seen this film before, and I didn't like the ending. You're not my homeland anymore, so what am I defending now? You were my town, now I'm exiled, seeing you out. I think I've seen this film before. Man, what's Tay-Tay saying? Anybody have a guess? That's not the sermon. Here's what I want you to know this morning. The things that Amanda Gorman does and the things that Taylor Swift does, these are the exact same things that the Bible does. You know, these are the things that the Bible contains for us as well. The Bible does the same sort of thing. So today, here's what I want to do. I want to skip like a stone across four passages of scripture and get an idea of the story that's told with Proverbs, poems, Psalms, and various kinds of wisdom. I want to start with Proverbs chapter two. We're to, can we all just, let's all just drop something on the floor. <laughs> that was, it just felt, it felt like, like four people dropped something over here at once. I just feel like we should all do it now. Um, Proverbs chapter two. You couldn't plan that in a million years. Proverbs chapter two. I want to read this to you. This is just one moment. And then we're going to read something very different. Okay. Okay, here's how it goes. Proverbs chapter two says this: My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry for, cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come understanding and knowledge. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards, those, he guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. That's not bad, is it? It has the added benefit of actually being true. But here's what I want you to notice this morning. Notice the style. If you have a Bible, open up and just look at it. Notice the style in which it's written. Uh, was, was what I just read to you, was it poetic or was it direct? Not a trick question. It's direct. Is it, isn't the person just telling you what to do? Like, ask for wisdom and what? You'll get it. And then when you get wisdom, what happens? you get understanding. And when you have understanding, what happens? Your life is good. Isn't that it? Like, I want you to notice the style. The style that, of, of this piece of the story of God, or the style of this bit of proverb, uh, a couple things. Number one, it's direct. It's just telling you what to do. It's saying, like, hey, everybody should ask for wisdom. If you ask for wisdom, you'll get understanding. And then if you get understanding, there's all these things that come along with it. And here's some of the things that the scripture outlines for us this morning that you'll get if you ask for understanding. Uh, You will get, you'll get the shield of the Lord. Did you notice that? It says, it says uh, he'll protect you, right? Uh, Did you notice that it says you'll have joy, right? And doesn't it make sense? Like if you're foolish, you make foolish decisions. And then how many of you have ever, ever had the sadness that accompanies foolish decisions, right? Like it just makes sense. Ask for wisdom. Notice the style here, direct. Uh, the other thing I want you to notice about this piece of the story, uh, there's two ways to read this. You could read this because it opens up by saying this, my child listen to what I say. So there's two ways to read this. You could read this as, Oh, I'm, I'm peering in on a mother talking to another child, right? Or I'm peering in, on a grandfather talking to a grandchild or I'm peering in on a dad sitting down with his children and then here's what happens right so it'd be one way to read it how many of you know another way to read it oh whoever this narrator is is talking to who me right so there's two ways to read this there's a sense in which this proverb is coming to us and it's breaking the fourth plane because sometimes when we read the Bible, we read about Moses or Abraham. It's like, oh, that action is happening over there. And because stories are powerful, I end up finding my story in that story. But one way of reading like Proverbs is, oh, this isn't simply about like John talking to his kids, but all of a sudden the narrator's talking to John, right? Or when I open up the book, now the narrator's talking to me, which is very, very unique. Not all of the Bible is written that way. Most of the Bible is us peering into some other moment. But here it is in this moment, the Bible is peering directly at us. I'm being addressed in a straightforward way, a a parental way, which brings some bearing on the story. Uh, If I'm being addressed in a parental way, if I'm the child, then one of the things we need to understand this morning is I have a parent. Like, duh, we all have parents, but I also have another parent, right? There's a sense in which God, God is, is speaking to us in a parental fatherly way. And he's trying to parent us a couple things here that we should gather from Proverbs chapter two, one through 11. Uh, Not only, not only should you ask for wisdom and not only will you get wisdom, but one of the things that's sort of fundamental to this story is this, if you should ask for wisdom and if you do, it will be given. If you should ask Part of what it means is that no one is born wise. Right? No one is born wise. Everyone has to acquire wisdom. This is part of the kingdom story. The kingdom story is no one's born wise. Everyone has to ask for it. But if you ask for wisdom, you'll receive. Cry out for it. Look for it. And if you'll do, you'll fear the Lord. Uh, Fear the Lord is just Old Testament language for you'll enter into order. Right? You'll, you'll begin to live with an awareness that there is a God in heaven and that you and I are not him. That there is someone who has ordered the universe and it isn't me. That's the beginning of order. It says you'll get common sense. You'll get protection. Verse 7 says a shield. God is the shield. You'll have guarded paths. You'll have right paths. You'll know which way to go. How many of the room want to know which way to go? Can I, tell you, can I tell you the most common thing that I talk to people about as a pastor? Number one, is not even close. Uh, everything else is like second, third, fourth, fifth by a mile behind. Number one is always, always, always the question, what should I do? Always. Here's what God says. No one was born knowing what to do. No one was born with wisdom. But if you'll ask for wisdom, you'll get wisdom and you'll have the fear of the Lord. He'll be a shield around you and you'll know which way to go. That's a good, that's good news. How many of you would like that? Part of the story here is that life does not have to be chaotic. This is this is the the message of the book of Proverbs. Here's the kingdom story. Life is chaotic, it does not have to be chaotic. Maybe you grew up with chaos, you do not have to continue in chaos. Maybe you grew up in a family that was nuts. You do not have to perpetuate more nuts. (laughs) You can break free. Uh, you can, you can be, you can become wise. And when you do, life becomes ordered, sensible, and filled with joy, filled with joy. But, but here's the good news this morning. This Proverbs more, this Proverbs portion is not the only kind of wisdom. There's another kind of wisdom. Ecclesiastes chapter seven. I want to read you 14 verses. Is that Okay. 14 verses, get ready, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. A good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume, and the day you die is better than the day you were born. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So living, so the living should take this to heart. Verse 3. Sorrow is better than laughter, for sadness has a refining influence on us. A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. Stop just for a second. Anybody want to screenshot it? (laughs) Anybody want to put that on your bathroom mirror? Keep going. Let's go, Rachel. Rachel. Better to be criticized by a wise person than praised by a fool. Verse six, a fool's laughter is quickly gone like thorns crackling in a fire. This is also meaningless. Extortion turns wise people into fools and bribes corrupt the heart. Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Control your temper for anger labels you a fool. Verse 10, don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Stop. Go back to 10. Like every charismatic person in the world should like put that on their bathroom mirror. Every high school quarterback (laughs) should put that on their bathroom mirror. Everyone, 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 everyone in this church, please remember, please remember Ecclesiastes. Anybody else want to drop something? (laughs) Please remember Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse 10. Do not long for the good old days. Okay, Rachel, verse 11. Let's just keep going. Wisdom is even better when you have money. It's in the Bible, y'all. Look at this. Both are a benefit as you go through life. Wisdom and money can get you out of almost anything. But look, but only wisdom can save your life. Accept the way God does things, for who who can straighten what he has made crooked? Enjoy prosperity while you can, but when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing in this life is certain. Man, man, oh man. A couple things here. I just want to touch on this quickly. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7, it feels similar in style to Proverbs chapter 2, doesn't it? Doesn't the, doesn't the feel like this, the, the writing style, the literature of it, but even the way that it's direct, like it's directive, it's like very clear. But how many of you noticed that the content is very different this time around? Like the style feels the same, but the content feels very different. Uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes says, the day you die is better than the day you were born. Better to spend time at funerals than at parties. And don't long for the good old days. And then he ends with this humdinger. Nothing in life is certain. And you might be thinking, well, what does this have to do with wisdom or Proverbs chapter 2? Uh, you might also be thinking, I don't feel very encouraged right now. <laughs> Just hang with me. Okay, let's go to another piece of scriptures. Let's go to Psalm 96. I ran out of little red tabs this morning. I had to put a dollar in here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm rich. I'm so rich. I use money for bookmarks. (laughs) That is incorrect. Uh, It's a dollar. (laughs) It's a dollar. But hey, Bitcoin is up, y'all. To the moon. Psalm ninety-six. I I love. This is just one of those psalms that I love for. A lot of different reasons that I won't get into this morning. But it's like, this is like a prototypical psalm in some ways. Or at least a prototypical psalm when we, when we think about psalms. The idea of a psalm. It goes like this. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord and praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Like tell everybody. Tell everyone about the amazing things that he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The the gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord has made the heavens. Honor honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is gracious and strong. That's interesting, isn't it? Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering. Come into his courts. Like, Come on in, you know? Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor, let all the earth tremble before him. We could go on, but doesn't this sound like a psalm? Yeah. What's what's happening here? I mean, it's pretty basic, right? Like praise the Lord. And why why should the Lord be praised? Cuz he's great. And what does he do? Good things. And 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 who should worship? Everybody. Invite who? All the nations. Like it's like like that thing we did. It's, I'm telling you, it's an epidemic. I swear what is happening. I'm never going to get through this sermon. I am like losing my mind. But this morning, it's like what we did in the second song in particular. Like we just we just began to tell we just began to sing the good news, didn't we? This morning, especially like like the sinner's savior crown him forever. What a great what a great thing to sing in the house of God, right? Like, that's what I want to sing when we come together. The sinner's savior crowning forever. Come on, who doesn't want to get down with that? This is one of the ways we ought to live our life, right? And what is the story of the Bible? The story of the Bible is that there's a God in heaven. I'm not him. He is gracious and kind, and everybody ought to worship. Everybody ought to worship. This song probably, like Psalm 96, as I'm imagining it, uh, it was probably an upbeat tune. It probably had an octave jump, you know? <laughs> if you're a worship leader, that's kind of funny. And, and the, message, the message is just like the Lord saves, and everybody should come in, and, and you need saving. And even if you're on the outside, you should come on in. And if you need deliverance, you should come on in. Praise the Lord. And you know, we're here because he gave us life and it's okay to be happy and every single word in Psalm 96 is 100% true. But how do you know it's not the only story? It's not even the only story in the Psalms. Turn to Psalm 88. Psalm 88 Psalm 88 goes like this. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day and I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is what? Full of troubles and death draws near. I'm as good as dead. Like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I'm forgotten. Cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. You have driven friends away from me by making me repulsive to them. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord, and I lift my hands for your mercy. Are your wonderful deeds any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the dark can darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O oh Lord, I cry out to you, I will keep on pleading by day day by day, O oh Lord, why did you reject me? Why did you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I have been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fear, anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me, engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. The end. Psalm 88. In case you didn't know, that's a Psalm of lament. In fact, most of the Psalms, there's 150 of them. Most of them are laments. Most of them are laments, something, something, something close to like 60% are laments. But most of the laments have this formula, like bad stuff, bad stuff, bad stuff. And then about two thirds of the way through uh, the psalmist, David, or one of the guys will say something to the effect of, but I remember the Lord and then some good stuff at the end, right? But Psalm 88 has no resolve. It ends with darkness is My closest friend never turns. It's a Psalm that's only minor, nothing major. Darkness is my closest friend. Anybody in the room live that? Yeah. If you haven't, you will. Good news. Now what? Now what? Well, here's what I want to do real quick. I want to quickly talk to you about two kinds of wisdom. And then I want to talk to you about bringing your whole life. Two kinds of wisdom. The Bible, the story of the Bible, the story of God, the story of kingdom. It holds out to us two kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom of seeking for wisdom. That's Proverbs 2, right? There's the wisdom of seeking for wisdom. That's the wisdom that's a shield. That's the wisdom that brings joy. That's the wisdom that brings delight. There's the wisdom that brings Wealth and life. And here's what the Bible says. uh, You should pursue it. It's real. God's life brings order. But then there's also the wisdom of Ecclesiastes 7. Better a funeral. Better sorrow. Sadness has a refining influence. We should probably pump the brakes just for a second. And we should talk just for a moment about that. What on earth is that about? Because on the one hand, everybody in the room would say, you know what? That first kind of wisdom, I understand that. Like, I understand that there's things that I don't understand. I should ask for God and he, should t- he would tell me, he will teach me. I'll gain wisdom. And then when I gain wisdom, I'll get joy and I'll have a shield and life will go well. Now I understand that. But then there's this other wisdom, better a funeral, better than laughter, sadness as a refining influence. And you might be thinking, well, what on earth is that about? And I would just ask you, what on earth is that about? We can do interaction time here for a moment. We can do interaction time here for a moment. There's no wrong answers. Let's just do, let's do a little group think. Uh, the first kind of wisdom probably needs very little apprehension. I think most of us kind of get it. The second kind of wisdom, those opening verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 7, Better the day you die than the day you were born. Sadness and funerals. What is the wisdom there? Anybody have an idea? Say that louder, John. Memento mori. Remember your death. In fact, uh, this week uh, the church around the world has celebrated Ash Wednesday, right? And what is what is the message of Ash Wednesday? Remember your death. Okay, so uh, John you can play along or maybe somebody else in the room. Why why would it be wisdom? Why would it be wisdom to remember your death? It's way longer than life. It's way longer than life. Not a bad way to put it. Uh, not only that, but it's also universal. Everybody in the room is terminal. Yeah. Everybody's gonna die. You might be thinking, well, that's sad, but there's some wisdom in here for us if we'll let it get to us. There's some wisdom in knowing that you and I are going to die. The wisdom of living with the knowledge that no one is guaranteed anything, right? Like on the one hand, there's Proverbs 2 wisdom. Like ask the Lord, he'll give you order, shields, Uh, The right path, knowing what to do. And at the same time, what good is it if you get type one wisdom, accumulate some order in your life, accumulate some shield, accumulate love, accumulate wealth, accumulate stature, but along the way you forgot you were going to die, what good is $10 million in the bank when you're dead? That's the second kind of wisdom, right? Right? tell you a quick little story a couple of weeks ago my brother-in-law eric sent me a photo he sent me a photo of he sent me a photo of my son river when he was 10 years old just like out of nowhere and it it was it's a really great photo but it kind of it was one of those photos that uh captures the spirit of your child you know and as soon as i saw this photo i instantly was like I was so happy and I got so sad. I was happy because like, wow, that's my son. And he, he looked, he, he's just like this little kid, you know, it was when he was still a kid. But I was also instantly stricken with sadness because I realized that I didn't appreciate those days enough. I realized that I leaned too hard into type one wisdom. I, I worked, I worked a little too hard and I appreciated not enough. I didn't carry around with me the, the type two wisdom, the knowledge that we're all going to die, you know, and that not only are we all going to die, but every moment is going to die. Like right now is really important. That's the type two wisdom. Like that's the, that's the other side of this thing. Like what good is it if you get a big house, uh, a half million dollars in the bank, a nice farm and, and a new truck, uh, like what good is that when you're dead? Like who cares? Right. But what about the people that you're with right now? Oh, that's infinitely more important, right? Or what about the kind of person you become along the way? Yeah. I know someone else. This is an actual story, too. I know someone else who, who has an app on their phone that reminds them three or four times a day you are going to die. <laughs> Type two wisdom. Type one. Type two. And you might be thinking, well, what about eternity? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked and we'll get to that. But the Bible is holding out for us two kinds of wisdom. And here's the thing. In order to be a kingdom person, you have to grab onto both. And by the way, deep people, like people of substance, deep people are always people who have grabbed onto both. Shallow people have only grabbed onto one. Like deep people... Yeah, they've grabbed onto both. Okay, second thing I want to talk to you about real quick. I want to talk to you about bringing your whole life to God. Psalm 96, Psalm 88. Two kinds of wisdom, bring your whole life to God. Uh, Psalm 96, God's to be worshiped. The reasons are all around us. He saves, he redeems, he makes things new, he gives life. And... Psalm 88, sometimes all we have is darkness for a friend. Sometimes the very present God feels absolutely absent. Sometimes things are not okay. Sometimes things are really ruined. And here's what the Bible says. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to pretend. Like when things are good, you should should praise the Lord. And there's a sense in which even when things are bad, we should praise the Lord. But we never have to pretend. Psalm 88. And aren't you glad that in the middle of the worship book, the worship book of the Bible, aren't you glad that the worship book in the Bible has a song about how God didn't come through in it? Isn't that amazing? Like right in the middle of the Bible, there's a worship book. And in the middle of the worship book is a Psalm. There's a song about how God didn't come through. Aren't you glad? Amen. Aren't you glad? Uh, Not only that, aren't you glad that there's a God who allows there to be a song about how he didn't come through in his own book. That's the, that's, the, that's the magic right there. Like that God is so settled, he's mature, can we say? God's emotionally healthy. Bring your whole life to God. No one has to pretend. You can raise a hallelujah one day, and you can blame God the next. In fact, we're invited to. There's wisdom in that. Uh, Here's what the Bible is saying. Here's what the story of God in the Bible is saying. You cannot hold your trauma. You have to let it out. The Bible also says you cannot hold your praise. You have to let it out. Right? Like that's, they're both there. Uh, here's, Here's one of the worst things that could ever happen to us as a church. If we ever became a church that lost our song, like if we just became like 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 observers you know we're dead and not only is the church dead but the people in the church will die like if we like and i'm talking actual literal here and this isn't metaphorical if we stop singing as a people we're dead like if we if we can't come in here and praise the lord and not not in a fake way but just like Give our hearts to God and sing. I want to tell you all, I don't have time to get into it this morning. There is more going on in singing than we will ever know. Like, so to come in and to praise the Lord, just to acknowledge there is a God in heaven. I'm not him. He is good. He's redeemed me. Like I was, I was in a pit, Psalm 40, and he set my feet on a rock, you know, uh, to, to proclaim that is really good. We can't bottle in praise. Like it is, it is one of the worst things that could ever happen is for us to become observers to a truth. You know, or observers of a thing or or just be like, you know, it's not really what I do. That that can never be who we are. And at the same time, we cannot be people who just stuff all of our pain down and never talk about it or never have a place to express it. Right. So the things that have happened to you, the disappointments in your life, these have to come out somewhere. And one of the places they have to come out is actually in this room. In this room. It's why sometimes we sing songs that like don't make you happy. You know, uh, it's because there's probably someone in this room that's being like ripped apart. I'll just tell you, like every time this, this church gets together, uh, even, even in our like diminished form, when all of us aren't here and there's only like, there's only like 90 of us in this room right now, even when there's only 90 of us in this room, how do you know that there's a lot of us that are doing really well, but there's some people in this room that are being gutted today? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to pretend. Here's the story of the Bible. You don't have to pretend. Bring your whole self to God. Uh, Praise the Lord. And it's okay to lament. It's okay to cry. It's okay to like bring your complaint, uh, not just to another person, but bring it to God. Bring it to God. Anybody here feel shortchanged? Tell him, tell him. Because if you don't, if you don't, uh, there's a book, The Body Keeps the Score. You guys know this book? Right. If you don't anything, anything you stuff, it's it's like it's like how many of you have ever grabbed like a a balloon that was filled with a little bit of water, you know, and you tie it on the end and then you squeeze it. And what happens? Just pops out somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Anything that isn't expressed, anything that is hidden, anything that isn't brought before God, it just manifests somewhere else. And you might be thinking, oh, I'll keep that hidden. No, you won't. No, you won't. It comes out somewhere else. You can't hold the pain. The worst thing we could ever be is quiet in worship or quiet in pain. It's deadly. Uh, there's wisdom. Here's what the Bible says. There's wisdom in letting it all out. Let it all out. One final word of good news this morning. All of the resolve is in Jesus. Here's the good news this morning. All of our joy And all of our pain are known and held in the son of God. Uh, We do not have a distant God who is unaffected by our joy or our pain. This is actually the good news. The gospel is that in Jesus Christ, God has taken on flesh. And if he's taken on flesh, then he knows what it is to be a human being. And if he knows what it is to be a human being, then Jesus knows what it is to celebrate. He knows what it is to make a bunch of wine at Cana. He knows what it is to have a good time. He knows what it is to laugh. He knows what it is to celebrate. But it also means this, that God knows what it is to suffer and to endure and to be treated poorly by his very best friends sold out for 30 pieces of silver by judas iscariot who spent the last three and a half years with him sleeping under the stars seeing the miracles hearing the teaching jesus knows what it is to be betrayed he knows what it is to be punished he knows what it is to be afflicted and jesus knows what it is to die bring your whole life to god because he is a god that knows This is the good news. We don't don't have a God who's who's unaffected. We don't have a a powerful God who sits off somewhere else. We have a God who has come close. He has come near. And nothing that has happened to you has not also already happened to Jesus. So bring your whole life to him. All the resolve is in Jesus. We have a God who knows. The better news is this, that the God who knows was raised from the dead. Not just that... He endured, not just that he was killed, not just that he was put in a tomb, but the Christian gospel is that the God who suffered is the God who reigns. The God who was weak is the God who is now pulling all the, letter, all the levers in the cosmos. And here's the real wisdom that the Bible holds out to us this morning. The real wisdom is put all of your trust in him. Put all of your trust in him. Like, don't hold any ounce of trust away from that Jesus. This is the Christian hope this morning. This is the good news. And this is the story of the kingdom with two minutes to spare. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.